In Catholic circles, the topic of being a working mom can be a hot-button issue. Today, my friend Katie, owner of Kerygma Candle & Co., blesses us with her story of being a single working mom and reconciling that with what it means to be a Catholic woman devoted to her primary vocation of motherhood. We discuss everything from single motherhood to being a work-from-home mom while married to navigating the tricky money relationship with your spouse and so much more. We also dive into several audience-submitted questions on being a working mom and entrepreneurship. Katie is a stay-at-home wife and mom of two, a five-year-old boy and a baby girl due in September. From her home, she runs their small Catholic family business, Kerygma Candle & Co., where they dream up and handcraft all kinds of products that reflect our shared faith in one way or another, ranging from pure beeswax altar candles, rosary hangers, Catholic sweatshirts, organic tallow balm, non-toxic coconut wax candles, chrism sprays, lotions, tea lights, and so much more. They are constantly adding new items to the shop in an effort to be your new favorite one-stop shop for all things Catholic. Prior to starting Kerygma, Katie was a single mom who had just escaped an abusive relationship. She had lost both her home and her job. She found herself living with family again and newly discovering her faith. Through prayer, therapy, and spiritual counseling, Kerygma was placed on her heart. Since launching in August of 2020, they have aided countless families with items that help them live their faith to the fullest, and they have inspired countless others with their stories of hope and redemption. I know you're going to love today's episode, so let's dive on in. You're listening to The Catholic Woman Podcast. If you're a Catholic woman desiring to live by God's standards and not society's expectations, then this podcast is for you. Each week, we bring you actionable tools to live out your vocation confidently while empowering you to know the truths and teachings of the Catholic faith. Whether you need advice, encouragement, or connection, you are in the right place. So if you're ready to dive in and become the woman God created you to be, then get ready because here is your host, Marie Hansen. All right, thank you so much for being here, Katie. I am so excited. This topic is one that is not talked about enough in Catholic circles. Um, and I just, I feel like we're going to get really raw and vulnerable today. And so many women out there, I think are going to really need this episode. So I'm so thankful that you're here. Um, first of all, thank you so much. And then I would love for you to just kind of introduce yourself to our audience. Um, tell us kind of like a little bit about your story and what brought you to where you are today. Okay. Well, I guess I'll start with my name. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Katie. I am 20 years old. I am a mom, a stay-at-home mom. I own a small business called Craig McCandle & Co. We have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a baby girl currently growing in my belly. So if I sound out of breath, that's why. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's pretty much the basics. Uh, I guess something people don't really know is that Spanish is actually my first language. Very so neat. that's interesting. Yeah, I wasn't born. I was born in Puerto Rico. Very cool. Um, and yeah, other than that, I don't know, I guess, what do you want to know? Yeah, um, I guess, um, so kind of before we jump into the questions about like what it's like being a working mom and stuff like that, um, what, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you became a working mom yourself um, and kind of a little bit of background on that? Yeah, so I had my son, okay. I don't even know where to begin. So it's a really messy, <laughs> long story. Essentially, I had a, uh, I was married before and I went through the divorce and annulment process. Um, he ended up being an abusive alcoholic drug addict. And it got to the point where 
me and my son were in a lot of danger and I ended up moving back in with family. Um, when I found myself back in my family's home, I realized I had my little baby. It wasn't just me anymore. And so I had to figure out how to take care of him and provide for him by myself. I was the only one working, well, for the most part, the main provider in my old apartment, but it was a whole different, it was a different sphere when I was completely by myself with my son. Um, and so I kind of came up with two options. I could figure out how to work for myself from home um, or have a remote job that didn't involve being on the phone because being on the phone, I have a little baby and it was just, mm -hmm. it was going to be a lot. And my house is very loud because there was a bunch of people crammed in there. <laughs> um, and babysitting wasn't really an option because I have uh, a younger sister and she's special education. And so my family, obviously they have to take care of her. And so like adding another little baby wasn't, it was just too much. Um, and so I, was very, I had strayed away from the faith for a really long time. And I think when I hit what I call rock bottom, I was like, I just didn't know what to do. And, and the one thing that popped into my head was like, okay, Jesus, I need you <laughs> because there's literally nothing left that I can do that I can go to turn to. It's the only, it's the only way, um, as he says. Mm -hmm. And I remember just breaking down and praying for the first time, really actually praying for the first time in a long time not just like can you give me this can you give me that mm -hmm. um just thank be, thanking him for keeping us safe and for giving us a roof even if it's not exactly how I imagined it and then just asking him to show me what he wants from me and this idea of Craig McCandle and Co popped into my head not the name but the concept of it and everyone that I told, which wasn't very many people, thought that I was crazy, <laughs> understandably <laughs> so. My background is mainly in the beauty industry. I'm um, a licensed full specialist in the state of Florida. And that's even when I did management and retail jobs, it was mainly in the beauty industry. So this whole making candles was just very odd <laughs> for people <laughs> to hear me say. Um, and I kind of took it with a leap of faith. When I told a couple of people and they kind of freaked out, I decided to keep it to myself and I decided to just jump into it. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. But I had literally nothing left to lose. Um, and I was like, all right, God, if this is what you want, then you make it happen because I, I can't on my own. Um, and it's been kind of we hit the ground running and it's been kind of just rolling ever since. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing how God put that in your heart to kind of start that too, when you had absolutely like no background in that. I, I find that very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just to see where it is today, it's very clearly, that was definitely God's idea. <laughs> so absolutely. I'm very glad you took it and ran with it. Um, okay. So kind of continuing in backgrounds, both of us grew up with full-time stay-at-home moms um, and we we're both working moms. So what was it like growing up with a stay-at-home mom and then um, yourself kind of becoming a working mom? How, how do you... I don't know. Is there like any, um, I guess like wishful thinking or like, I, I just have such good memories of my mom, you know, growing up and, um, not that my obviously daughter can't have those same memories, but it's different when your mom is working full time. So, um, can you kind of talk to us about like what it was like growing up with a stay at home mom? And then, um, just kind of like how that has influenced how you manage working and being a mom at the same time. Absolutely. Well, my mom, 
I'm a little biased, but I think she's the best mom ever. (laughs) (laughs) And she, my mom has sacrificed so much for us. Um, My dad, just a little bit of background, he came from a family of like, I want to say 10, 11 siblings in the mountains and they he didn't even have shoes he couldn't finish school he came to the United States he thought he was going to join the army and then he he literally put his hand on like the door handle to open it and then something told him not to and so he walked back out and then he got into a trade a trade that he loves he's a welder Um, and with that he provided for us we did never had a lot like there's I've lived in like rat infested attics and in basements crammed and like we we never had a lot but we always had everything we needed Mm -hmm. and a lot of that was like my mom's sacrifice she wasn't working but she I don't have a single memory that my mom wasn't present and I knew that I always wanted that for my kids Um, Mm -hmm. my dad was always working but I knew that it wasn't because he didn't want to be with us it was because somebody had to provide a roof over our heads right um and yeah, my mom was at every show. My dad came when he could, but my mom was at every show. If we had shows at school, my mom was there for everything. Like she was my best friend and she's a, we, we clash heads because we're so similar, <laughs> but she's, she's my best friend and she's there for everything and she's the best grandmother ever. So mm. I loved having my mom. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have my mom. Um, so there's that. And when I had Ezekiel, Um, that's my son's name when I had Ezekiel I knew that I wanted to be present for him and it's funny that you asked that because actually when I when he was about three months old I want to say I might be getting the timeline wrong when he was a little baby um is when I decided to because I had worked in the beauty industry for so long Mm -hmm. I had decided to get like actually licensed because in this state at that time I don't know if it's changed since then but for example if you're like doing makeup on someone you can't finish the the service they call it and charge for it or get tipped for it because you're not licensed even if you do like 90 percent of the work so I was like I'm gonna go to school yeah I'm gonna go to school and get licensed so I got licensed um but during that I was so I would like wake up go to school get out of school go straight to work and I'd get home really really late at night and he was asleep and he was a little baby and I suffered so much not being there with him through that time through like the few months I think it was like a nine-month program that I was in school um, and I hated it. I, I loved that I was doing it for him, but I was like, I just want to be at home with, it made me realize how much I just wanted to be with him at home, taking care mm-hmm. of him. And then I remembered like all the memories I have with my mom and I'm like, I want to have that with him so bad. And so that, that definitely brought that back to the surface when I was back in my family's house. And it was the same thing. I'm like, I, I want to be with him. I have to make something work to where I'm with him because he needs me now more than ever. He doesn't have anybody else. Um, so yeah, we made it work. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so I guess before we kind of talk about the marriage aspect of it, because um, that's like a big thing in Catholic circles, um, obviously what got you started um, on this really was being a single mom after your divorce. I know you're remarried now, um, but being a single mom, can you talk about what it's like um, being a single mom. Obviously, you don't have a choice whether or not to work as a single mom. So what's that like? And um, I guess what encouragement can you offer to single moms out there? I guess the encouragement would be that it does get better. Um, It does. Like, if I can say anything from the bottom of my heart, it gets better. Oh, I got emotional. (laughs) But, (laughs) But 
you have to get out of your own way and you have to let God do God. Let go and let God is what I normally say. Um, if you don't, because it, it's it's so incredibly scary when you're a single mom, like you, you want to have, if you're like me anyways, you want to have so much control over the situation because you don't have control over anything else that has happened to you. And you want control over that situation, over you and your child and your well-being. And it's scary. Um, So definitely spiritual counseling is definitely one I would recommend. Therapy is one I would 100% recommend because being a single mom is really, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. Um, It's really, really hard. And my heart goes out to anybody else who's in the same situation that I was in. Um, And St. Joseph was someone I really leaned on because I didn't, I didn't have my own St. Joseph. And so I leaned on St. Joseph Um, and he definitely was there and took care of us. So there's that. Mm. Um, What was your question about being (laughs) being a single mom? Yeah. So I just like, obviously you don't have a choice to work, Mm -hmm. you know, whether or not to work because you have to be the mom and the provider. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. what, what, just, what is that like, you know? It's hard. Um, I would, (laughs) I'm going to keep saying that it's hard. It's really hard. (laughs) There's really like no other way around it. Um, There's no easy route. Uh, It's, balance I think Mm -hmm. balance would be like a really big one um how do you balance like still having or nurturing a relationship with you and your child but being that provider and not only that but for me I had goals of of course you want to be out of your family's home you want to give your son or your daughter their own room you want to give them some toys you want to give them like space you want to give them like a backyard and a dog and all the things (laughs) that you dream of and all of that becomes infinitely harder when you're on your own doing it especially when you I mean at least in my case after what I went through I didn't trust anybody babysitting him I didn't want to put him in daycare I had heard horror stories and so it was like I have to figure out how to do this and I'm not taking no for an answer because he needs me and I literally looked up and was like I need a miracle because there's no way I'm gonna do any of this without you God um and yeah he he I can't say anything else it it wasn't when people ask me like how did you I didn't do anything it was all God honest honest yeah that's that's the most I can say (laughs) yeah no that's amazing um so I guess following that how can we as a Catholic community better support single working moms this sounds I guess not cliche, but kind of obvious, but the judgment, the judgment just needs to, just needs to go away. (laughs) Um, It sounds simple to say, but it's, I think often when you're a single mom, you tend to step back into the shadows a little bit and you kind of want to dim your light a little bit. You don't really want to be noticed as much. You kind of want to disappear into the background because it's, there's a lot of like, especially in the Catholic circle, a lot of shame surrounding it. A lot of like, I feel like people don't, I didn't know a lot about like divorce and annulment. I didn't know annulment was, was a thing. Fun fact. I didn't know that was even <laughs> an, like something that existed. That's how like far away from the faith I was. Um, and I think a lot of, <laughs> I think a lot of people will kind of see us like or hear a sliver of a situation and just come to all these like stereotypical conclusions or whatever they've seen in movies and the reality is like 
give yourself grace and give other people some grace because you genuinely don't know the situation somebody's in um, ever. And even if you think, you know, I promise you, you don't. I, pro I have people that will come into my messages um, on Instagram and usually very kind, but even even based on their messages, I, I know that they think that they know my full story, but I only put like the tiniest amount on social media. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. Mm -hmm. That's such Grace. a good reminder. That's such a good reminder, even just for like, honestly, just for anyone, not even just mm -hmm. like single working moms. That's such a good reminder. We don't know the whole story behind anybody's life. Um, really quick. So I um, want to like um, segue before we talk about Catholic, like family life and being, um, married and being a working mom. Um, I want to mention, shout out another working mom. Um, her name is Tasha. Um, she's the owner of Pax Rogo shop and she is a cradle Catholic, a wife, also a mom, working mom, um, and is expecting another baby in October, which is so awesome. I know you're expecting a baby. I'm not, I just had a baby six months ago, <laughs> she is an awesome, awesome mom. Um, she owns the the Catholic company Pox Rosa, um, which is a Christ-centered family business. Um, and similar to you, she hand pours um, candles inspired by God's word and the saints. And she also has other products. Um, I was looking on her shop and she has some really pretty rosaries too. Um, and also some awesome stickers. I like went on there. I was like, I'm going to order some of these stickers for my water <laughs> bottle because I absolutely love evangelizing. <laughs> I know <laughs> through water bottles. They're literally my, my favorite. I'll just like have my stickers. People are like, oh, this is, this is cute what is this let and me I'm tell like, you about hey, it let me tell you yeah <laughs> it's my favorite um so anyway if you want to support another catholic working mom definitely go check out pox rosa um she's giving all of our listeners a discount of 10 percent with the code cwp10 for catholic woman podcast 10 um and you can find her on instagram at pox rosa shop and also her um, shop is online at www.pox-rosa.com um, and i will link all this in the show notes including um, the discount code but yeah go support another working catholic mom because it is hard out there um especially so being hard. a small business absolutely <laughs> we, it is it is very hard so definitely go check her out she's very awesome um all right so kind of circling back um to talking about being a working mom Let's talk about the stigma in the Catholic world that the ultimate role is to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, I know I, I feel this, <laughs> especially on social media. Um, does let's first talk about like where this? Um, I guess I guess why this is even a thing, um, and then also how it affects you as a working mom. Do you feel like less than because you work? Um, yeah, I guess <laughs> there's just so much we can dive into with <laughs> so this. many so roads go ahead and go. I'll chime in. <laughs> um, I guess, okay, I think it's it's especially relevant when you consider yourself more of a traditional um, Catholic. I know it's kind of, yeah, careful with that word. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not rad trads, I swear. Um, <laughs> but I think, I mean, of course, the way that God designed the family to be, um, and you look at like the ultimate example, the Holy Family, um, St. Joseph being the provider, and Our Lady being the best example of a mom literally ever. Um, that's kind of what you, I mean, at least in this space, is kind of what most of us envision for ourselves. Um, it's kind of the dream, the end goal. Uh, but I think something that we often forget is that it's not 
a tangible reality for absolutely everybody out there to not contribute to the household in some way. Um, I think I think it's ideal. I think that's what we should all strive for whenever possible. I think it's ideal. Um, I think that's the best way. I mean, God designed it that way for a reason. Um, I think the husband benefits, the home benefits, the wife benefits, the children benefit. I think everybody benefits from the way that Jesus would want a family to be like. But the reality is that things aren't exactly how (laughs) we want them to be. Um, and the most we can do is strive to get there in whatever season we're at. So that's diving into it. That's, that's why I've been working so hard. Um, actually for a while now, I would say Kerygma is what was paying the bills while my husband actually went to school for a trade. He just graduated. So now he's finally in his career and he's loving it. That's Um, so exciting. (laughs) It's so exciting. And it's been a real big transition. Um, and it's, yeah. So I kind of had to make that sacrifice. You have to work together in the best way that will work for your family. And for us, it was, well, Krigma's going to pay the bills because right now it can. And he's going to go to school um, because we want a really large family. And we know that eventually there's going to be, hopefully, um, so many kiddos running around and hopefully a farm. And it's going to be a lot to manage Krigma the way that I do it now. So we're going to kind of more than likely either scale back or expand to where we can hire help. Um, because for me, my family is my priority. Um, but again, we had to make that sacrifice of, you know, Kerygma pays the bills for the most part. Um, he was working part-time as well and he did school. And so now that he's graduated from school, now he's the breadwinner and it has changed, (laughs) it has changed our family dynamic dramatically. Every, everybody is so much happier. I can't, I can't even explain it. Um, he's so much happier that he can tell me to take a break when I need a break um, and that he can say, hey, I paid this and this bill, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, and it's we don't look at it like it's his money versus my money. It's our, it's our house, right, and that's, right. that's just how we manage it. Um, and yeah, so that, like, I would say that it's ideal to have the husband be the breadwinner, but... <sighs> it's not always, it's not always an option for everyone, at least not, especially when you're newly married and especially when you're young and newly married. Exactly. Um, it's not always an option. And so I think people need to remember that their situation, if you're, if you're looking down on someone for them not being as quote unquote Catholic as you um, and having the perfect example of a family, you kind of have to step out of your own shoes and look at it from their perspective. It, They might be going through a much more difficult time than you have any idea. Um, and sometimes the husband is sick, you know, and can't even work. And then the wife has to kind of help the best way she can for better or for worse. So you just, again, it goes back to you never really know somebody's situation. And I would say we have to pray for each other more than like <laughs> take each other apart um, and point fingers, take the log out of your own eye. Mm, that's so true yeah especially I just feel like social media just like feeds this so maybe for some people it's just time to get off social media I know sometimes I want to if it wasn't for work (laughs) absolutely (laughs) Um, I say the same thing yeah I mean but like it's really hard because I know just speaking personally I see lots of um like influencers who are stay-at-home moms 
young people my age sometimes younger with like their babies um you know being stay at home and they like talk about how much sacrifice it costs them to stay at home and I'm not like at all knocking that I absolutely know that my mom stays home they have 12 kids so like I know how much they sacrifice so that she can be home um but they almost put it in a way that's like you can do it too if you sacrificed Mm -hmm. enough and that really really hurts because Uh, I don't think people realize like you said like you don't see behind the scenes you don't you don't know what's going on and you know even with like a family, like for myself, between my husband and I, we work four jobs, but neither of us can cut back any of those jobs because we can't, we can't afford to live without those jobs. Um, And so I just don't think people understand, like, there's only so much you can budget and cut corners, like you cannot eat out, you cannot do all these things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to be a stay at home mom and that you can live off of one salary, even if your husband works two jobs, that doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, And so I know that like, that's something that bothers me when I see those posts, like, I get where they're coming from, because like with the boss, Mm -hmm. boss girl culture, and like, all of that, like, I get the need to like, um, like reassure yourself that like what you're doing is good and like it's valuable absolutely being a stay-at-home mom is valuable I don't think that's a question in Catholic circles um and so like I feel like that's where I see the flip side of it is I understand what they're doing they're just like um like saying that it's valuable to be a stay-at-home mom but sometimes it goes a little too far in saying like I'm sacrificing for this and makes it makes it seem like it's possible for everyone if they just like cut enough I don't know if you've experienced that too no, I have. I actually saw this the other day. I, I have no idea who posted it, but I saw some going back and forth in some comments and I try not to get sucked in. But this, again, as someone who has to work right now, it's and as someone who's growing a child, raising a child, being a wife, um, taking care of the home um, and still having to work, it I, it did. It became a little personal. <laughs> and I, I believe what I was seeing was a lot of, it was in a, in, on a Catholic thread, but it was um, just going back and forth on like, well, I understand that you think you can't afford it, but maybe you just need to sacrifice a little bit more. And my response oh, is, I know, <laughs> my response is, well, how do you know what that person is sacrificing? You have no idea, no way to gauge it, no way to measure it. And it's also none of your business. And so if you're, you know, really that concerned about someone, pray for Jesus to bless them so immensely that they can afford to be a stay-at-home mom just like you because it's it is beautiful. No, nobody's dogging that. I think that's the goal for all of us. But I think rather than say, well, you should give up this, this, and that so that you can, you know, you could do it. You're just not doing enough to get there. Um, you don't actually know like if what you're saying is true. <laughs> so exactly. I would just pray for them. Just pray for them. And hey, if you need any help, like, do you want to have a conversation? Like, is there anything I could? how do I say it? Is there anything I could help with in terms of like, if you need advice on how I got to where I'm at, um, maybe you were in a similar situation, maybe there's something, some piece of advice I could give you to help you get to where you want to be. Um, I think that would be much more helpful rather than just like judgment and assuming we know, again, social media, a lot more about a person than we actually do based off like one post on social media. Yes, exactly. So, so true. Yeah. I mean, like, again, I get it with the secular culture, but like, I feel like 99% of working Catholic moms, yes, their ideal is to be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm sure they're sacrificing in so many ways that they don't, that they wish they could be staying at home, but they still can't. So I, I, 
there's that small percentage I'm sure who work just for fun and you know that's a different conversation and that's fine um but like when I see these posts like saying like oh if you could just do sacrifice more you could be a stay-at-home mom that's that's generally not true for the vast majority of Catholic working moms so just like anyone listening like don't let that get you down I know it bothers me I'm sure it bothers you too Katie but (laughs) it does it's it's just they don't understand the full story so that's something to remember okay so let's kind of um talk now about the husbands what is it like um kind of for them to not be the sole provider I know I was talking with my husband before we recorded this I'm sure you talked with yours too but what's it kind of like for them to not be the sole provider and how can we still encourage them in their roles um, without making them feel less than for not being the sole provider so I think for my husband um it hit I mean, again, I don't want to compare him to anybody else because I don't know anybody else's situation. (laughs) But um, I think for him, it hit a lot harder, um, especially like once we were married, newly married, because he he that it's a whole story. But he is a revert slash convert. (laughs) Midway through RCIA, we found out that he had actually been baptized as an infant into the Catholic Church. And we had no idea until like he was almost done. Yeah, that's a whole we call that our rosary story. That's a whole other thing we can go into. Wow. Um, so yeah, so he's tech he was technically I mean he was already Catholic, but we had no idea. Um he someone who brought him back to the church heavily was Saint Joseph. And his his name's actually Juan Jose, so John Joseph, um, in English. And so Saint Joseph has always been like a, a guiding force for him. And I think once he discovered and he read um, the consecration to St. Joseph, Father Don Calloway, he yes. like really reinforced that situ- that relationship with St. Joseph. And he just wanted, he was like, I don't want to say obsessed, but he was like so immersed in being that for us um, and was trying so hard to do, to be like the best version of himself he could be. And so knowing that a big part of St. Joseph in his life was being the provider and, and taking care of saint um saint taking care of jesus and mary um i think it hit my husband hard because he wasn't exactly where he wanted to be in his journey of being the provider and so for him he i don't want to say it was depression but he was he was down a lot of the time um Mm -hmm. anytime like I would pay rent or pay any bill could be five dollars um <laughs> he would just get very quiet and then it would be the whole like okay I have to go over there and like gently reassure him that he's still the husband he's still um the father he's still the head of the, the household it's just you know we just have to make sacrifices to get to the point where he can be the one doing these things and it was really hard on us um mm-hmm. especially again being newly married um because it was a constant reoccurring thing um, yeah. while he was in school and so now it's totally changed the game you can see his face light up but I've never seen a man so happy to pay bills like <laughs> honestly it was it's just and it makes me happier seeing him feel like quote-unquote a real man mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better terminology but yeah it, it definitely has has changed so much so much in our relationship um, but you you can definitely I think when a man is trying to model after someone like St. Joseph um, and it's almost like out of reach, like that's the goal, but it's out of reach. It's hard on their self-esteem as well um, to feel kind of like 
not uh, not a real man so there's that how can we um when we do see them like down or we just like you know notice that it's bothering them is there anything as wives we can do to kind of I don't know remedy that situation yeah I would pray for them number one I would I know it's kind of (laughs) the obvious answer (laughs) um but uh, I would pray for them and so for us it was like the rosary um is a really big one really really big one for us and then he started doing um I never grew up praying the divine mercy chaplet but he did I mean he did but he got me into it um so because that again when he came back to Catholicism he was like all the prayers and all the books and all the things (laughs) and so he he found a lot of love in that and so he brought that into my um how do you say prayer schedule I guess (laughs) throughout throughout the day um so that's one and so I guess prayer and then another one would be like reassurance honestly I guess it depends on how your husband is some husbands like words of affirmation others you know need like a physical touch to give them a hug or something for me and my husband it, it was a lot of communication and it would be repetitive conversation and so the biggest thing for me was like I needed to have patience and understand that he's valid in his feelings and I have to understand like although like I can get tired of repeating the same things over and over again for him as a man it's important to hear them over and over again um I mean again it depends on the husband but for my husband it was like repeatedly telling him like he's just as valued he's just as important he's still the head of the family it doesn't make me the head of the family um this is not going to be forever this is temporary it's a sacrifice and it it will all pay off and I think those conversations made him work even harder to get where he wanted to be um and now he's there and it's completely paid off and I think if you were to ask him he would say 100 percent that it was it was worth every second of it but I don't, I don't think you, you know that when you're in the midst of it, um, but it's, it's well worth it. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and I just want to make a comment too, because while we're talking about um, men that like are st- very much striving after St. Joseph and the Holy Family, um, I do realize that not every working Catholic mom listening to this is married to a man that's like that. Um, and that is a, a, a very different conversation, but just know that mm-hmm. what you're doing, if you're um, in that position with a husband who isn't quite, you know, striving in the way that we talk about um, or things like that, or in a really rough marriage, um, know that what you're doing is good too. And obviously you're putting your family first by working for them. Um, and I just don't want to I don't want to forget those Catholic ladies too. I know not everyone is in um, the best marriage right now either. um, And that's okay. And we are praying for you too. um, And what you're doing for your family is absolutely beautiful and such a good sacrifice. So just want to note that too. Um, How do you avoid getting caught up in the comparison game with other moms? (laughs) This is something I struggle (laughs) with very much. So I'd love to know what you do. They can see my face. Um, Yeah. I I don't now anyways I don't I honestly just don't really care anymore um, <laughs> that's not to say I don't have my days like that mm-hmm. I, I would be lying if I said I didn't have my days especially being pregnant and hormonal True. I think we all have our days um, but for the most part I just I don't let it suck me in usually for the most part um, generally speaking but <sighs> I think it's easy. Um, again, it, it's it goes back to you see a sliver of somebody's life on social media or one post, one reel, um, 
one comment and you just your brain will just make up its own <laughs> story its own visuals its own um whatever and you you just kind of go with it and you just think you can think that you're less than um because you know I'm not where she's at or like look at her like we're so similar and yet I'm over here and she's over there um but again you I think I saw this the other day where I saw someone say I don't remember where but I saw someone say um that you never know what someone did to get where they're at and you don't know what they did or what they do to stay in that position um Mm. so I would never I would never want to get sucked into being exactly like someone else because we also have to remember God created us the way he wanted us and so he has each one of us has something that he wants us to accomplish in our own lives so I try to snap myself back to that anytime I feel myself getting sucked in all right well that's great for her but that's probably not where God wants me and I've learned enough in my own life to know that I mean like I thought I was going to be like starting my own I had a I had my own outline for like um, a beauty brand that's what I was going to do initially because that's my background (laughs) and a lot of people don't know that and so again if I was to keep comparing well like the trajectory that I'm going on look at where she's at I have all the requirements like I can get there too and if that's what I was focused on the whole thing I'd be miserable right now um and I'm actually so glad that I left that industry that's a whole other (laughs) topic and I would have never found the fulfillment that I do now um by just following where God wanted to lead me instead of focusing on somebody else's journey and you can you can be excited for somebody else and and their journey and and be genuinely happy and um you know you might have some emotions about it but you you truly never know sometimes we don't know or understand where God is leading us until we're there most of the time we don't understand until we're there and then every little other thing starts to make more sense so I would just snap yourself back to when you feel yourself falling into comparison back to reminding yourself that you have your own journey and if you spend more energy praying to Jesus to lead you to where he wants you you wouldn't be so focused on other people Beth that's a really good point I really really struggle with that both like as a mom and then as a business owner it's really hard Mm -hmm. so I needed to hear that today (laughs) I appreciate it um Okay, really quick, before we jump into questions that I gathered from our audience, I want to highlight another working mom. Um, You know her, Katie. Um, This is Eunice from Immaculate Blessed. Um, I love her. I know I do too. Her jewelry is the like most beautiful thing. I'm wearing mine right now. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love it. I have her St. Benedict medal. Um, So she so uni started a brand called Immaculate Blessed um, after the birth of her son. So she she like she has a really interesting story, very not similar to yours, but um, mm-hmm. almost like a reversion too. She experienced um, a part of motherhood that's rarely talked about, which is pro- postpartum traumatic disorder, um, which we're going to do another episode on postpartum period, which you guys need to listen to because there's just so much to talk about. I'm in excited. That. So <laughs> that side note for that. Um, but she, so she had postpartum traumatic disorder and she was questioning God, um, you know, asking like, why me? Why now? Um, and even at her darkest moment, God made sure he was with her, um, it, which is so funny because she actually lived next door to a Catholic church at that time. And so she didn't know it back then, but that was the start of many little yeses um, that God used that eventually led her to come fully back to the faith and the Catholic church. 
And after her reversion, she was like looking for some good Catholic jewelry and couldn't find the quality that she wanted. Um, so she decided to start her own Catholic jewelry brand, um, whose mission is to spread the beauty and faith and beauty of faith and encourage femininity through timeless and meaningful jewelry. And it is truly like absolutely beautiful jewelry. Um, I wear my St. Benedict medal every day, although I don't have it on right now, of course, but Katie has hers on okay, and we absolutely mine. both love. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we both love Eunice so much. Um, she's just such a sweetheart. Um, and she actually wants to offer you guys 30% off and free shipping, which is a huge discount. So if you guys use the code CWP, you can get 30% off and free shipping on your first first purchase from Immaculate Blessed. Um, so I will link that in the show notes and leave the code there too. But definitely check her out. Beautiful mom. Um, I was just on the phone with her today talking and she's so sweet. Um, and again, just like just such a such a great woman um, to be supporting a Catholic working mom. And then you get some beautiful jewelry too, which then you can have blessed and then you've got blessed jewelry and it's just all around good. So definitely go check out Immaculate Blessed and get 30% off um, with our code CWP. Such a good deal. <laughs> okay. So jumping back into questions from our audience. Um, this is a good one. What does prioritizing your family over wor work look like for both of us? You can go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. So prioritizing my family, that's something that I've had listen, so many conversations with my husband on, um, because I've, I've genuinely needed to lean on him. And so I think that's like a big one, leaning on your spouse for that kind of support and kind of navigating that through every stage of your family life. For me, it's been, it was really hard. Um, it's been really hard. It's gotten easier now, uh, funny enough with this pregnancy, because I, I realize how fast time flies and I don't want to miss any important moments with this baby. Um, and I want to be fully present for every moment. So I'm working on it now so that when baby comes, we have it somewhat together but for me it would be little sacrifices so like for me um I now wake up around 6 a.m normally and start work at that time and get a couple hours in before my son wakes up um and not only has it helped with work so that I get enough work done that I feel okay um to stop work and focus on my son when he's up I'm, I'm somebody who is if I have a to-do list I have to get it done and if I don't I get really stressed out and anxious and it's like all <laughs> I can think about it's really terrible but that's just how my brain works um so I wake up really early um sometimes earlier than six and I get as much as I can get done before my son wakes up and then when he wakes up I'm okay to like make him breakfast and take care of him and spend time with him. And then when, once I see he's kind of calmed down and like gone to play with toys and he's, he's four, almost five now. So he's, he can, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Entertain himself. That's not the word I'm looking for, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so once he can like uh, play and whatnot and, and just doesn't seem to have interest in me being around um <laughs> then I go back to working on um little projects and then when my husband comes home from work again I'll get work done so it's just kind of like wherever I can find those pockets and sometimes I have to be fluid because things can change throughout the day my son can have a bad day where he just wants to be on mommy all day long and in which case I'll probably get nothing done and I've kind of just accepted that <laughs> whereas before I would get a little bit flustered and um, 
you know, because you're like, oh, I have to get this done because, you know, if I don't, then, you know, income stops rolling in. Um, but I kind of, again, just offer it up to God because he's my he's my primary focus. And so I take care of baby first. And then somehow there just always ends up being another pocket of time later on down the line where I get said things done. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a lot of communication and balance and being fluid. And again, when you have kids, you're never going to have a solid schedule when you work <laughs> from <true>. home. <laughs> um, just working around it is all. Yeah, that's a good point. I cannot honestly say I found anything good either. And I've only obviously been doing this for like six, almost seven months. But um, yeah, honestly, like prioritizing does not does not look good for me right now. But what I've started trying to do, because I was working like all the time. So I don't know if it'll change for you when you have like a newborn. Um, but I know my baby, she does not sleep well at all. She's still up every hour at night, like around the clock. She just like does not sleep well. She can't take a bottle or like pacifier. So even if I were to have help to like someone come over and watch her so I can get work done, it doesn't, she just, she doesn't do well with that. Um, so I've learned how to like, now that she's getting a little older, it's getting a little easier because she can kind of play a little bit better by herself for like 30 minutes so I can do something. Um, but it's been a lot of like evening work for me, which has been good for her because like I'm able to prioritize her during the day. But then it's been really bad like for my husband because he's gone all day. And so when he finally does get home, it's put her to bed and then work, work, work. And so we haven't really had like any time together both like in the evenings and even on weekends, I still work like all weekend long. Cause then when I do have his help, then I can get more work done. So I guess right now I'm trying to like take Sundays totally off, which is so hard. I still, I still respond to some emails and stuff on Sundays, but I'm trying to at least give myself one day per week, um, to just like intentionally focus on, you know, my husband and the baby, um, and not, not do any work. And that's really hard. Like, it's really hard. I feel like I always have to be doing something. Mm -hmm. um, and then I like, when I'm not, I feel like just like I see the checklist in my head of all the things that need to get done. Um, but like remembering that like my primary job is to them, but at the same time, and this is where I think it gets hard, remembering that working is supporting them. And like, I need to work. Working is prioritizing my family to an extent. Yes, you can overwork. And I think I'm working on finding that balance. Um, but I think we need to remember too that prioritizing your family sometimes looks like working, um, which is like, it's weird. But like, sometimes that looks like working because, you know, you need to support them in a certain way. So I don't know. That's kind can of ask, <laughs> Yeah. Can I ask you a question real quick? <laughs> <laughs> do you ever, um, do you ever ask your husband to help, help not keep you in line, but like help, um, I, okay, I'll give you an example. Like for my husband, I have to actually tell him, like, do not let me open up emails on Sunday because I will. <laughs> and if you see me <laughs> on my phone, take my phone, please. Um, and then when he actually does it, I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> but then I'm like, no, 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 thank you, thank you. Like, I, I needed that. Sometimes I need that. Yeah. And so getting him involved has helped me prioritize the family because he's like, absolutely not don't you dare open up your laptop today it is Sunday like you told me <laughs> to tell you before you get an attitude you told me to tell you and that's so then good. we just laugh about it and then we like go watch a movie or something together so that's helped yeah. me a lot that's a good idea I'll have to I'll have to start getting him in on that I know it's hard because like <laughs> for leisure we both do do things on our laptop so it's like hard when I open my laptop up <laughs> to do something fun and then I end up switching like to work so yes that's good yes. I might have to set like harder boundaries until I'm like able to like 
open my laptop without doing work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that suggestion. Um, the next question from our audience is how do you, um, achieve time management with housekeeping, children and family work from home, all of that stuff. Okay. Time management. I, this is funny, but I I don't, I like, I'm really bad with time management. I've gotten better, I will say, but I think, um, that's something that comes with time. And again, because right now for, for us, we're sorry, she's kicking and it's tickling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, right now, because we're in a period of like transition, um, anytime I do finally think like, okay, I, I have this down. This is a time I'll likely cook dinner. This is a time like I can get laundry done. Then something will change. And so then I'm like, okay, my schedule, I have to rearrange it yet again. So I think um, until we're a little bit more settled, which is funny, I think people think that you can get settled in like a week. I, maybe some people can, but like not over here, which <laughs> just no. hasn't been a thing. And so um, for us, we're still settling every day. And especially with this baby, um, she's due in September. So we're trying to, she's due in September. Our lease is up in September and like, it's crazy time for us. So anytime I do feel like I have my time management on um, at the level that I'd like it at, something else changes. So I guess for me, managing it would just be, would just mean being fluid with it. And the day before kind of analyze how the next day is going to go like what do I have planned the next day all right if I have this meeting and this appointment and this phone call then around this time I'll do this and around that time that and then to-do lists so kind of like I guess planning planning it out ahead of time even if it's the night before or early early that morning um reanalyzing what I have going on for the day and like um adjusting what is needed to make sure that the things that I need to get done get done um so yeah being fluid I guess yeah, that's a good point. I also moved two weeks before I was due with her. And I I like, I can sympathize with you on that. And it's just like, you never feel settled. Um, And like you said, you never feel settled. And there's like not, I struggle with time management too. But I also have been working on, um, like you said, planning out in advance. I try, I've tried so many different planners. And I think I finally found a system that works for me. But basically, it's just like, Um, the day and I just have a block for morning afternoon and evening and I write down what I need to do so like for this like I blocked in the time that I was going to be doing this today and um, you know like the rest of the day worked around that and then I'm also trying to like stay with like house management I feel like that's the hardest one because that's like not that it's not important but it's like the least important like work needs to get done because bills need to get paid people need to be fed so like meals need to be made and stuff like that and like the house Um, I find like being as minimal as possible is helpful with that because I have less to like clean. Um, But I also recently started doing like morning, evening or morning, afternoon and evening checklists. And I'll be honest, I'm not good at them. The only one I consistently get done is the morning one. But like just something very simple that should only take 15, 20 minutes to help like keep your house in order. So like, for example, my morning one is to make the bed, start a little laundry, get the dog food. Um, refresh our ice because we always use our ice in the evening. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and then um, and then empty the dishwasher because we run the dishwasher overnight. And that just like is enough. It takes me about 15 minutes for all those, but like gets my day started. Um, and I'll just like wear the baby during that time or like put her on the ground with some toys and get that stuff done. Um, and then it kind of sets in motion the rest of the day. Um, 
but yeah, like you said, just kind of planning ahead as much as possible, not like too far in advance because things do change and you have to be flexible. Um, and then also not giving yourself too much to do. So like, if you could see my checklist, I'm going to like show Katie this, but I'm gonna like explain it to you guys. Like there is not much on here. Like you can see, like I have like one or two check oh, yeah. like things per day. Um, so like giving yourself, like breaking it up um, and working in chunks has been what's helpful to me. So instead of like answering emails, like randomly, I'll set a chunk of time down, like if she's napping or something like that to like answer emails um, and just like working as best and most efficiently as possible. And I'm still learning how to do that, but <laughs> that's what's working for me right now. I would also uh, add on to that. That reminds me of um, habit stacking. So that's like a really good one as well. So just tacking something on that you might not necessarily enjoy doing. Like for me, I hate doing dishes. And so my husband <laughs> like will like lovingly, God bless him, he will do dishes a lot of the times um, because he just knows I don't enjoy it. But if I have to do it, I will like, if I know that I like wanted to watch this like Catholic talk or if I know that I wanted to like pray the rosary, I'll like tack on praying the rosary with like hallow in the background um they're not a sponsor but you should check them out <laughs> they are um, pretty awesome. <laughs> if you have hallow like it's good to just like play the rosary in the background pray with it as you do dishes so then you tack off um an extra thing on your to-do list and it doesn't it makes doing dishes a little bit more bearable or whatever that thing is for you more bearable but also you get something else done and something that's like fulfilling because I think um time management also would include like our prayer lives if you're if you're Catholic specifically as well um because I know all of us are like how do you get a rosary done in a day like it's it's really it seems more um intimidating than it actually is and when you do something like habit stacking where you can just add like a decade on I think I saw um Mari from West Coast Catholic talk about this too um yeah so it's more bearable if you just add like five minutes you know a few minutes for like a decade here while you do the dishes a few minutes here while you like bathe your child and etc then and you get it done throughout the day and it becomes like second nature to you so it's easier yeah that's a really good point um I have like um a rosary bracelet with like a movable charm to like keep track of how many Mm -hmm. like I've said so like something like that's helpful too um yeah and I also you're right I listen to like I actually listen to relevant radio I have hello I like it but I also really like relevant radio which is like a catholic radio station they have like a free app and everything um, and listen to like their talk radio and they do prayers throughout the day. So that kind of helps me too. And it makes it more fun. So that's a really good point. Um, okay. The last couple of questions are just about business. So we'll just kind of skim the surface on these. Um, but how did you start your own business? What are the first steps? Oh my gosh. Um, I didn't, God did. <laughs> I get annoyed with that, but it's like the, like the first thing that comes to my mind. Like I can't, I really can't take credit for any of it. Um, I guess for everyone, this answer would be different. Um, how did you start your own business? I th- I think the first thing that you need, even after like I got the inspiration and prayer, you need some kind of blueprint. That's the that's the very first thing that I would say. Like you need a blueprint. Sit yourself down. Um, come up with a name. Come up with a concept. Come up with what your mission is. Um, check yourself and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, And a lot of times when people start businesses for just like, for example, for money purposes, um, it doesn't go so well because I I genuinely believe that if you love what you do, the money will follow. All of that will follow. And if you're doing it for for Jesus himself, he will bless your work um, the way he sees fit. And that needs to be enough for you and it should be enough for you. Um, 
because ultimately he knows what's best for you and he knows exactly what you need. And so I would start with a blueprint. Um, for me, that's that's how I started. I got that inspiration and then I sat down and then I freaked out <laughs> because it was completely crazy and not anything that was in my in any kind of trajectory that I could have seen for myself ever. And I always say, like, if you would have asked me I was if I was gonna or if you would have told me I was gonna do this like years ago, I would have looked at you crazy. Like I have no idea where you got that from, but like put it back. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but I think the blueprint and then I think the the hardest thing after the blueprint is like taking the, the first initial leap. Once you do, like for me, for example, it was like figuring out and calculating everything that I needed to just start with. And you don't need the most expensive things. You just need something to begin with. So you can see a physical representation of what it is that you have in your, in your mind and in your heart. And I think that helps so much. And so for me, it was like adding to cart <laughs> every like thing that I needed to start and then freaking out about like pressing purchase and I couldn't physically do it. And so for me, um, I needed some kind of support also starting and I didn't want to tell the world because the people I did tell thought I was a little crazy. But again, it goes going back to my mom. She's the best mom ever. And she was like the first person to believe in me. She's like, do it. If you can't press purchase, I'm going to do it. And so she actually came <laughs> over to my laptop and she pressed purchase for my wow. first for, for my first supplies to start testing. She's the one who pressed buy and I freaked out. And then she was like, feels good, huh? <laughs> and she gave me a hug and she was like celebrating Aww. with me. And I was like freaking out. But so I would say that a blueprint, some support and taking that first initial leap. And if you can't, then let somebody else help you with that if you're like me. But once you get the ball rolling, um, you your feet just kind of, you know, you might stumble at first, but they kind of just, they stabilize themselves and you kind of figure out along the way what your next steps should be. And if you have a blueprint, you at least have a general like path to follow and then you make adjustments along the way. Yes. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I would not recommend anyone jump into a business without like a plan, at least like a basic plan. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be the most extensive business plan ever, but just a basic blueprint or blueprint or business plan. Um, and then something else I, I think often gets overlooked with small businesses, but if you're planning to sell to like anyone other than like family or really close friends, it's like, you need to be like legally legit. So like an LLC, or if you want to be a sole proprietorship, like that's fine, but just like understand like the legal, like implications of like a sole proprietorship versus like an LLC. Mm -hmm. Um, if you decide to go like the LLC route or like an S corp or something like that, um, like getting an EIN, getting a business bank account. I feel like um, unless you're a sole proprietorship or even if you are, it's really smart to have a separate business bank account um, just because it can get really like jumbled really fast and you have to be like, you have to be legit with your taxes and everything too. So um, like making sure you're like legally legit before you like sell to external people who aren't like immediately family and like close friends I think is like really important too and something that's often like overlooked so I know it sucks because I didn't know anything about that and it's just another like expense and like thing on your to-do list but it's I don't so know just it. like with I know knowing some lawyers it's just like you don't want to mess with that <laughs> mm -hmm. especially because um, you know you don't exactly know like how fast you can potentially grow and so you might right. not think it's necessary and then like overnight you blow up and then you're just kind of jumbling around like yes. what do I do like how do I get exactly. this insurance and how do I do yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's tricky but it's worth it it's so worth it it is worth it yes yeah because you don't want to be just in case something happens you don't want it to come back to you and ruin your life so just make sure that your business is legally like legit and ready and to every state to. is different 
every state Mm -hmm. (laughs) just want to say that because not everyone knows that every state is different so don't just talk to somebody who has um like a legit business and ask them for advice take it with a grain of salt and then look at your own um your own state and their requirements because some things that somebody else in their state may be able to like there's certain things I can't create in the state of Florida um unless I like have a separate facility for them the stuff that I create now I'm fine but if I want to do like I believe it's like specific skincare items I can't do that unless I have like a separate facility that has to follow all these like yeah it's 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 a lot so just look into your own state because it can get you in a lot of hot water really quickly yes so true same with like tax laws and stuff like that like uh if you're a service-based business some services need to be taxed and some don't so like look into your state's um laws on all of that stuff before you get started good point um and then last question from our audience how did you get clients to grow your business I keep giving the same answer it's God because I <laughs> I have no idea like when I when I tell you it's not that I'm clueless it's when I tell you I literally was like God I can't do this like you you have to, if this is what you want you have to make it happen because I I don't know I don't know what you want from me or how you want me to do it so if this is really what you want you make it happen and he did so um for me it's I mean we're in the Catholic sort of niche so for me um I guess kind of accidentally, but it, 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 go back, I'm not making any sense. Um, with the situation I was in, I was in like a Catholic single mom's support group. Um, and I was also seeing like a spiritual counselor, um, and a therapist. Therapist wasn't actually Catholic, um, but was very helpful in my journey. And so the people who were, who knew a little bit more about my journey, um, and who I kind of leaned on kind of rooted me on along the way. And so some of like my first customers were some of those women who are also going through similar, really hard um, situations in their life. And they were single moms, Catholic single moms. Um, and so a lot of them were like my very first customers and I was not expecting it at all. And it just kind of like, it came kind of full circle for me almost um, that I had started this with like, just a lot of hurt and a lot of just like this is what you want god like no idea why this would be what you want but make it work if that's what you want um and then the same people like people who are in, in a similar position they were some of my first customers and even to this day um sometimes i have conversations with women um, from that group or similar groups and they're like you give me so much hope like i can't believe you were like quote unquote one of us and like look at where you're at now and and wow. then it's it's crazy and I have to step back and say but like you like it's you can do the same exact thing it's not I don't I don't like the comparison because I don't want it I don't want them to feel like it's out of reach and I think for them when I do have those conversations um they tell me pretty similarly that I, I make it feel like it's a possibility like I it doesn't seem so far out of reach because it's not someone who looks so perfect on social media with the perfect life and the white pick offense it's someone who wasn't a really messy, dirty, like just crazy past. And then like, I'm here, you know? So kind of like, like Peter denied Jesus three times and he's the first Pope. So, you know, <laughs> true. <laughs> if, if you look at the saints too, it's like none of them were perfect, far from it actually. And so if they can do it, we can too. And I, I don't know. I think I learned along the way how to lead into my suffering and how suffering actually brings you closer to Jesus. 
um, and I learned how to offer it up. And so I think, yeah. Mm, that's good. I need to work on leaning into my suffering as most it's of hard. <laughs> it is it's hard. very hard. <laughs> um, that's very good. I think one thing I want to add to, I'm sure this is, um, good for you too, but like for most businesses, um, I'm sure not all businesses, but a lot of businesses, once you get those initial first few clients, even if it's family or friends or like someone local, referrals are huge. So like just asking people to spread the word about your small business is huge. I love that. Yeah, that's basically the, it leads into exactly the same thing. So like a couple of ladies would, would share with like, to give hope to another, another single mom. And they'd be like, look, if she can do this, you can do it too. And it wouldn't necessarily mean I would get like a purchase off of it, but it would mean like you'd spread the word about my small business. And so the people who could and and did make purchases did. Um, And, you know, then it it got so far as to, I I think at one point I worked with um, Students for Life of America, like their their branch standing with you. Yeah, we had a little pro-life collection um, because I was speaking about, you know, my pro-life story and all of that. um, So that we didn't, Ezekiel wasn't planned. That's a whole other thing. And so <laughs> I think being vulnerable and sharing your story as well and making yourself more personable, that that will also, like I said, if you genuinely love what you do and you have a story behind what you do in a mission and you share that with people like excitedly, they're going to be excited for you. They're going to share that with other people and like very excitedly so. And that might not always get you sales right away, but it will get you people who follow your journey and that will eventually turn into more sales and more customers. And people, when they know more about you and about your journey and they can relate to you um, or you inspire them in some way and any of that, they, they tend to become very loyal customers very quickly. That's so, so true. No, that's such a good point. Um, something else too, before I like move on to the last question, I just keep adding more things, but um, something too is like, I know both you and both and me um, started our businesses so that we could be working at home with our kids and not have to put them in daycare because we had to work. Um, I think it's important too, because I know social media like makes us feel like we have to have these big businesses or we're failures to define what success is for you. Like, so for me, it's just paying the bills. I don't want a six or seven figure business necessarily. I just want to be able to pay the bills and have time with my family. Um, and to me, that is success. And so I feel like we need to like, and I definitely struggle with this comparison game, seeing other planners who like are booking more clients or like, you know, having bigger ticket items and things like that. And I'm like, but that's, that's their goal. And that's great. But what's my goal? Why am I doing this? I'm doing this so I can be home with my daughter with her during the day. And so I can't, I can't take on that capacity because I want to spend time with her too. I just want to, you know, like, so like defining what success is to you is huge. Um, when you start a business, because, um, it will never feel like enough once you get there. Like if I could have like a year ago seen where I am right now, I would be like, oh my gosh, this is what I wanted. This was my goal. But when I'm here, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like enough. <laughs> and so like just constantly like reminding yourself why you're doing what you're doing. Obviously set lofty goals. I mean, like shoot, you know, shoot for the moon if you want to. Um, but remember why you're doing what you're doing and don't push yourself so hard to get to that six or seven figure business if that's not why you got started in what you're doing. And have check-ins with yourself. I think every so often have check-ins with yourself to to remind yourself of how far you've come. I think just the other day, I'm like, oh, if we only. And as soon as I said that, my husband's like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, remember where you came from. And it's true. Like, I, I said this, I forget who I was talking to, but I said this not that long ago. I'm like, I have to remember more often that at one point I was in a room 
rocking like locked room rocking my new like my newborn little baby sobbing and promising him that he would be safe and I would figure it out at one point I didn't have less than five it's like four dollars and like 70 something cents at that point for like the cheapest pack of pampers for my son at one point I was like on my knees like looking for quarters and dimes because I was too prideful to ask my family to buy me a pack of diapers and I had nothing and I just felt so useless so at one point I was that and like now it's like sounds like a really funny I found my son like a slide bed on Amazon it was on clearance and it's like the coolest thing (laughs) and I was like wow I couldn't buy him diapers at one point and he has a slide bed and it just like instant waterworks and it just like checking in with yourself you you, like you said it's never going to be enough but honestly I'm the same way I'm if I can I didn't grow up with a lot again so to me like material items are material items like I can get rid of everything and be just fine as long as my family's okay. Um, so for me, it's as long as we can pay the bills and my kids are taken care of, that's that's what matters to me. My family's taken care of. We have food in our bellies. We have a roof over our heads and everyone's happy and healthy. That's what matters. Um, but yeah, checking in with yourself for sure and reminding yourself of like the little goals along the way that you ask God for and, you know, don't take those for granted. Amen. Amen. Wow. Okay. So with that, if you could leave um, one piece of advice for working Catholic moms, what would it be? Give yourself some grace because everything we talked about, like, especially comparison, um, that's, it's hard. And especially knowing that there's that, like, not stigma, but I guess stereotype in the Catholic um, sphere of what your family dynamic should look like and give yourself some grace because again we don't know each other's stories you don't know why god is is leading you on the journey that you're on right now um and if you just take it with a grain of salt and trust in him and lean into him he'll reveal it to you in his own timing it might not be when you want to and it might be very frustrating at first but um it'll be worth it just give yourself some grace it's hard but Everything you're doing for your family, um, it matters. And it's really hard work and and God sees that and Our Lady sees that and she's walking with you through every step of it. Mm, that is so good. Well, thank you for making so many moms feel so seen right now. I really appreciate that. Um, wow. Okay. So that was just so, so much gold. And I feel like we could just talk for hours on this, <laughs> but to wrap it all up, kind of, um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you um, and how they can support your small business? Yeah. So um, honestly, first and foremost, prayer. If you want to just pray for us in our small growing family, um, just pray for us because we are in a very heavy transition period and we could use all the prayers we can get, uh, especially for a safe, quick delivery. It's going to be a home birth. So we're, we're excited wow. and nervous at the same yeah. time. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing. And then you can find us over at, uh, all our socials are Craig McCandle Co. I think the one we're most active on right now, we got locked out of our TikTok account and I don't think I'm going to get back into it. So <laughs> I think that was God, another God thing. I think yes. it's good for me. Um, so right now I, I would say the big one is Instagram. Um, Craig McCandle Co. You can find us there. We're, we're constantly on there. You can DM us. DMs sometimes get buried. So if I don't <laughs> respond within like a week or so, please shoot me another DM. Um, but yeah, we're pretty responsive other than that. Perfect. And I will link all those in the show notes. And I just want to say, Katie, literally, like I found her because 
I don't even know how I found you, but I was looking like <laughs> I am very sensitive to like scents. I cannot do anything scented, but I really wanted a candle just because of like the ambiance it creates in like a home and making it feel cozy. And so I reached out to her asking about like her scents and like, cause like you said, you're like non-toxic. I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm a little nervous about like purchasing one. So she just sent me one like for free to try. And I was, she like, didn't know me at all. And like, was just so sweet. She's just got like the sweetest heart. And like with that, First of all, it doesn't give me a headache, which is crazy. It's the only candle I've ever found that like really doesn't give me a headache. Um, but like, she's just got the sweetest heart. And like, you can tell she's obviously doing this because not only obviously to support her family, but because it's a, a passion and more of like a vocation too. like, it's really a vocation for you. Um, and like, I just, I just can't, I love her so much and she is literally the sweetest. So if you can, um, pet, pet, patronize her business, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Definitely do it. Um, amazing stuff also I'm just gonna like put a plug in for her tallow balm I if you're a crunchy mom um, even if you're not crunchy it is yes so (laughs) good and I could not believe how like affordable it is for organic tallow um because tallow is very expensive and it was very affordable I was like purchase all of these right now because it is so good for you so um definitely go check her out she's got candles obviously that's how it started but she's also got like body products beautiful apparel I literally live in my sweatshirts from her all the time um just just such a great company and she's such a sweet person and a beautiful family so definitely go check out her business if you can and um also if you liked this episode definitely leave us a review we love hearing from you guys screenshot the episode and tag us on socials we'd love to reshare it and hear what your thoughts on this were um Otherwise, we will see you again in two weeks with our next episode. And Katie, thank you so, so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Catholic Woman Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. And we look forward to catching you again in the next episode of the Catholic Woman Podcast.